0: You're listening to Classic Movies Live, and today we are returning to 1941 for the third time in this, enti- in this season to take a look at the movie that won Best Picture in the Academy Awards ceremony that also included Citizen Kane and the Maltese Falcon. We're watching How Green Was My Valley, a movie about a Welsh coal mining town. i um, going to say... Turn of the 18th, turn of the 20th century? Not really sure, the, the time is unclear. But uh, this was a movie that, was, that the Academy deemed to be the best of 1941. So let's figure out if it was any good. Uh, this movie did win. It did not win in any music category, but you're gonna still hear some music for it. This is a little bit of uh, a little bit of music from How Green Was My Valley by Alfred Newman. You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where at least once a year, me, one of our hosts, uh, is contractually obligated to simp for Citizen Kane. Um, Pierre, do you want to talk about Citizen Kane?
1: Yes, I always so do. So do
0: I, but <laughs> but unfortunately we do not have time. The last time we did that, it was two hours long. So instead, it's we're sad. going to talk about the 19. 1940- I keep wanting to say 1914 Oscars. It was the 1941 Oscars, actually, but it is the 14th Academy Awards. So there actually were no Academy Awards in 1914. <laughs> this is uh, this is easily like I, I don't know if we're ever going to talk about movies that are much older than this. like, and this is certainly the oldest Oscars we're going back to 1941. This is. Uh, We have already done episodes on two movies that were nominated for outstanding motion picture as it was called back in 1941 in this year. Uh, We talked about Citizen Kane earlier, uh, a couple of months ago. And just before that, we had talked about the Maltese Falcon, both of which were outstanding motion pictures, but neither of which won the award of the same name. Uh, All right stop me as soon as you stop me pierre as soon as uh, i land on a movie you have seen in sure. 1941 the nominees for outstanding motion picture were blossoms in the dust here comes mr jordan hold back the dawn the little foxes one foot in heaven sergeant york suspicion and then, of course, Citizen Kane and Maltese Falcon, oh, as we've... Uh, I oh, saw those. There it is. Hey!
1: Let's go. Yeah.
0: Um, this is probably... This is the biggest reason that, like, we're not going to go way back on too many of these episodes, as much as I think it would be interesting, because, like, 1941, we haven't seen most of these movies.
1: Or even have the faintest idea of what they entail or <laughs> what they could involve, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. I will say I heard that The Little Foxes is notable for being nominated the most times out of the most times without winning of any movie up until that point. And like, I think that record has since been beaten, but The Little Foxes was nominated in nine categories, winning none. Makes me very interested to see it, but I have not yet.
1: Yeah, unfortunate that that is how it's remembered. (laughs) It's something.
0: I mean, yeah, it's something. Um, but yeah, as actually in our, I don't know if we brought it up in the Maltese Falcon. I don't remember if we touched on these awards, but as we did, uh, I know we did talk about in our Citizen Kane episode, Citizen Kane was nominated, but ultimately snubbed for best motion picture in this year, which like, especially if you watch Mank and you know a little bit about or, or you know a little bit about the uh, production of Citizen Kane, I don't think it had a chance anyway because it had a very, very big smear campaign on it. But like Citizen Kane, at least of the movies that I've seen from 1941, is like clearly the best, in my opinion.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's also one of the best movies I've ever seen. So
0: it's, <laughs> it's uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's really in there or up there.
0: But instead today, uh, but the thing, but this, uh, for this episode, I figured we're talking about old Oscars, uh, old Academy Awards. Let's talk about the movie that beat Citizen Kane. That movie was the winner of the Outstanding Motion Picture Award at the 14th Academy Awards. It's How Green Was My Valley, directed by John Ford and starring... Someone who wasn't nominated for Best Actor.
1: Oh, yeah, it was a child actor, I believe, right? Technically?
0: Technically, that was the protagonist of the movie, yeah. What was his name? Uh, Roddy McDowell.
1: Hmm. Which is, uh, I guess it's too bad, but I don't really necessarily believe it should have won because it wasn't an amazing performance or anything.
0: Well, yeah, I'm going to say, like, I don't disagree with uh, it, it. It got nominated for and won best supporting actor, uh, and like again, I've only seen two of the people that were nominated for supporting actor. I think the guy who won for How Green Was My Valley was ultimately a better performance than uh, Casper Gutman in The Maltese Falcon. But like, aside from that, I, I don't. I don't see how this. I don't know that I fully agree that it should have won Outstanding Motion Picture that year.
1: Yeah, that's a fair. I mean, that's a that's a fair point. But it did. I guess it for the time. The time it was in, it feels like very much uh, a movie the Oscars would like. I guess at the at the time yeah. because it wasn't you know too. It's it's not too uh, like I'm, even looking at movies nowadays. You know, it's not too forward thinking, and it's not too. Uh, it's um. Sorry. How do I say it's not too forward thinking and it's safe, I guess, but it's good. It's solid. It's a solid movie.
0: Yeah. uh, (laughs) I actually don't know that I fully disagree with it. Not being too forward thinking. I guess it's not like completely radical, but this is actually a like very progressive movie for the time. I think it's definitely got like a lot of progressive politics in it. Um, That's fair. But uh, yeah, this movie is very, it's very of its time. (laughs) not in you know not in the bad way that that can sometimes imply it's more that just like i have seen movies from you know even the 50s and 60s that have this same kind of pacing and epic scale and like it doesn't always work to the movie's benefit
1: yeah this this kind of felt like a movie that should have been more either epic than it like then it kind of ad adver- or it kind of showed itself if that makes sense like it felt like it was made to be more epic or uh um which but i would have it it was much more of a i guess a personal story if anything and um i think that kind of conflicted a bit
0: yeah um before we go any further uh do you want to do you want to say what my what how green was my valley is about
1: <laughs> oh god uh my uh, how green is, I... my, is my value okay. <laughs> thank you yeah it's a movie about a young boy who is growing up in a uh, a town that is basically the entire economy is focused around a a mine i don't know what type of mine it is but um it is a mine and basically it it follows his life as he kind of grows up it, it's sort of a coming of age movie in some ways but it doesn't actually span that much time because it's like maybe a year I think unless I'm like maybe two years actually something
0: like that. Not too long. Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, he, he goes through the challenges. Um, we kind of get a shot of how uh, a working class family at the time whose you know, entire income relies on that mind. Like, like their kind of, uh, their ways of dealing with, you know, the rich people, um, marriage, uh, Um, injury and and loss Uh, and yeah that's I guess that's kind of it honestly it's a it's much very much I guess a slice of life film but um, you know focused around that that time where um, uh, you know we there was where mining was a very dangerous um, business and you know a lot of these poor workers had to kind of work there despite really not wanting to and uh put their lives at risk basically
0: yeah and none of them really had a way out to do anything else like this kid Mm. is the youngest of five his three brothers are all working in the mines and like he's the first person in his family who is able to go to school and like even then he doesn't really fit in and can't really make School work and ends up working in the mines. I think I don't know yeah. if he still later on does go back to school or what, but like he he ends up everyone ends up working in the mines because that's just what you end up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think. Oh, uh, since uh, basically I was,
1: the movie.
0: Yeah, um, what's kind of uh, I want to say interesting about this movie? This, this, but like I don't know if that's quite the right word. A lot of a lot happens in this movie in the background. Because this movie primarily follows the kid. Uh, his name is Hugh, I think. Yeah, Hugh. H U W. It follows it follows Hugh through like him growing up and like it's a slice of life about him. But in the background, you have Hugh's dad and uh, you have Hugh's older brothers who are named Yanto, Ivor, and Davy. Uh, they are like trying to they they're basically fighting for workers rights uh, um, among the miners and want to unionize the miners which uh, their dad will have none of which like so that leads to a uh, split between he in, in Hugh's family and as well uh, in addition to that that I think it's either Hugh's sister or like one of the other girls I think it's Hugh's sister is in love with the pastor but the pastor also has like Politics that don't fully agree with the rest of the town. I, I have a little bit of trouble following all the subplots on the sides, but like this is a very full world with characters that are doing a lot of things. And like, I personally think every one of those characters is more interesting than Hugh.
1: Yeah, I mean to be fair, he was like in a really tough spot as a character because like there's no there's like no other kids he hangs out with. Um, mm-hmm. His he there's like a very big age and generational gap between him and his parents and even his brothers. So yeah. like there's that too. So like he really doesn't have much the character has very, very little to play with, um, mm-hmm. which I think hurts it.
0: Yeah, and like I get what this movie's going for because it's just like this is life growing up in, you know, a poor Welsh mining town. And like these are there's all this stuff going on around him, but he as a kid is kind of powerless to do anything about any of it or to influence anything in any meaningful way. So he's just observing and telling you what he's doing. which like there's a place for that. And like this movie is not bad, but it's also it also just kind of feels like it's nothing special because it won't it refuses to focus in on any of the stuff that I personally find is interesting. And like the the part that it does focus on, is not interesting enough to carry the movie. I think.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, but I guess um, I don't know. I, it, it really depends on kind of what you're looking for. Because I, I think what's what's kind of problematic is just I wasn't really sure what what the strength of the movie was or what it was focusing on. It felt very just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, I can't, like, I couldn't tell you, like, oh, the acting was like a highlight here, or the cinematography was a highlight, or the writing. It just, like, all of it was, I guess, solid in a lot of ways, but it didn't feel like anything was really striving to be the best. And
0: yeah, it, it kind of felt like at an individual level, every aspect of this movie was like a solid seven out of 10. Like, mm-hmm. excellent. You put in the effort, it was good. It wasn't anything that special, but it was there.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I guess like it did, it, it did its job in that, that respect, I guess. And I, I understand it's a, it's in a lot of ways, it's the type of movie we don't really see any anymore, in my opinion. It's a very, because um, I mean, we, I think we have movies that, that are like kind of slice of life, right? But this is a very, it feels very quiet and, um, and relaxed, if that makes sense, uh, mm-hmm. despite like kind of the atrocities. So it it feels like a very it's a very simple movie from a simpler time, I think. Um, and it's yeah, it, I, think, I'm I think yeah, and I think that style reflects the 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 type of movie like the the themes that the movie's going for in terms of the, these are a, you know a simple people they all they want to do is make money and go to work and provide for their family. Um, yeah, and it's kind of contrasted with the the future and greed of uh of capitalism and what that does to um to i guess family to people that just want to take it easy so
0: yeah because as this movie begins like realistically if you're looking at this if you're looking at his town from an objective lens i have a feeling that not that much changes between the start of this movie and the end of this movie like it's it's two years but at the beginning yeah. of this movie, like, life is beautiful, everything is perfect, the family's together, people get along, the mine is doing well. And by the end of the movie, like, kind of, without, though it's not as strong as that, like, kind of everything's gone to shit. Basically. Not uh. not entirely, but, like, it's, it's no longer that it's idyllic, like, I hate the term so much. But like, there is sort of a little bit of a loss of innocence along the way.
1: Yeah, which which you know that's I think that's why they have the the child as a as as kind of the vantage point of it all because this is this is basically his his trip to adulthood because like or the the symbolic switch to adulthood is um, experiencing suffering I guess and uh, yeah that's unfortunately what the child. Or the child doesn't. I don't, okay, actually, no, that's wrong. The child does go through a lot of uh, bad stuff, but also, it, uh, as the movie goes on, it seems to be more happening to people around him as well. And
0: yeah, I would say that, like the his his transition from being a kid into, I guess, being an older kid, but basically his transition to adulthood is reflected by the city around him as well.
1: Yeah. So I I guess I appreciate that tone um but i guess uh, also in a lot of ways it, it doesn't age that well just because of um i think a lot of the themes feel very haven't well first yeah first of all a lot of the themes and the storylines don't really hold up um nowadays like some of them do but in my opinion some of them don't like uh, i guess the characters the way the characters behave doesn't really feel it feels kind of what, very distant to what it feels like now, if that makes sense. They don't feel like uh, real people um, mm-hmm. compared to like Citizen Kane. Cause I think uh, Citizen Kane is like all like the, the themes of greed and self-destruction and, um, and I guess wanting parent, wanting attention from your parents and stuff. These are like, these are universal themes. And that's, that's, that's not something that's, there's so inherent in who we are as people that, That's not something that, like, Citizen Kane will never cease to be, uh, I guess, relatable, um, in my opinion. Whereas this? Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, if I can jump in on Citizen Kane, too. uh, I think a big difference between this movie and that is that in Citizen Kane, the way that people are written is, I don't... I don't know if it's necessarily more realistic, but it feels less dated than this. Cause you have like a dude, like one of the guys is just, he's, he's this lecherous old man who lives in a nursing home now. And like, remembers when he was younger and more innocent and just didn't care about the world. But the way that he expressed that way back when was getting really drunk. And now it's not caring about anything and just being a creep. And like, (laughs) that is, That's a person that I don't know if I've met that person, but like I can imagine that person. These people uh, in How Green Was My Valley, they're very well-spoken. They like give very theatrical speeches. Some of them like are mean in ways that I've literally never seen anyone be mean in. Like a kid at at his school just like sees him outside and he's like, hey, let me see your pencil box beats his pencil box into a pulp and then like pushes him over the other kid and then like knocks him right the hell out just for being a child in a coal from a coal mining town. I'm like, I have never in my life seen anyone be that mean for no reason. And like, it can happen, maybe, but like this just seems it seems like it's If these people are realistic, these are like 19th century realistic people, and I have no context for what that must be like. If they aren't, they just seem overly theatrical. And where in Citizen Kane, like all of these people, all of them, even though they are actually overly theatrical, they seem realistic because they're written like as it it feels like they're written as people. And they were also mostly untrained, which certainly probably helped.
1: Oh, wow. Um yeah, I was <laughs> I, I that theatrical is actually a very good term for it. Like there's some scenes that just feel it's just everything sometimes it just there's like these really feel good scenes that feel really childish and like kind of and again kind of dated for the time in terms of like um like like for example there's a scene where these guys teach the kid how to box to, to fight at school and then the very next scene is this kid with perfect boxing form, like beating up the, the other kid. Right. And it's just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if an eight year old would actually do that <laughs> properly. Um, and then also in the next scene, when uh, the, he gets beat by the teacher for, for boxing, the kid, the, the guys that trained him go to the school and basically assault the teacher. And
0: yeah.
1: it's not, Like it this has no effect on the entire plot. It um it and like it it just feels like a very like goody two shoes moment, like, oh look, now these now his friends, his adult friends have come to save the day by assaulting the teacher in the middle of the school, in the middle (laughs) of a class. And it's like uh it feels like it's supposed to be like see kids beating up people is bad. Um, but again, this that's a very unrealistic scenario to happen in real life so it's like uh Mm -hmm. okay why why is this here and what is this supposed to be telling me right so yeah it's uh it's the little it's the little things like that that kind of add up i guess but there's nothing like outrageously like like there's no like extreme i don't know sexism or racism or anything like that but
0: no um, and also i would say the things that we're talking about they don't those aren't bad like those are fine scenes all individually it just ends up making it feel like a movie rather than more than that. Yeah.
1: Which, but, and it's kind of weird because this, the way it's trying to capture the lives of these people, it really would benefit from a more realistic portrayal because that seems to be the theme of the movie is like this childhood fantasy slowly descending into, into reality. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, you know, you also have these heavy themes of capitalism and greed. And like, I guess, um, uh, these tragic love themes of like choosing your duty over over the one you love right and stuff like that so and those are some pretty those are some great themes and I think it added it added to the movie but they weren't focused on it all and they it didn't really feel like there was much of a like they didn't feel included it's just like they kind of just happened and yeah. it didn't really like affect the whole of the movie yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is uh so yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 it is interesting to see how, how, uh, how movies were made in the forties, I guess, because this feels very more par for the course for that time. But um,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I have to wonder, is it actually par for the course or is it just that most of the movies that from then are, are like this? Cause it feels that way too. But then, You know, I watched The Maltese Falcon, and The Maltese Falcon is something very special. Like, to this day, I haven't seen that many movies like The Maltese Falcon. Yes, it is a template that has produced, that, like, a lot of people have drawn on, but, like, you know, it still feels special, where this did not. And The Maltese Falcon is from the same era, so...
1: Well, yeah, I I guess... Well, the... (laughs) Unfortunately, the I guess the movies that, that have survived the longest are probably the most, uh, probably also aged the most, if that makes sense. So like the two yeah, movies we saw, sense. the only reason we've heard of them is because they were, I'm guessing, paced and like made more modernly or way ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just guessing, though, you're right. We'd have to watch more of these movies <laughs> eventually to, to truly tell whether movies in the 1940s were paced terribly
0: tune in next year for our next special series where we watch every movie released in 1941
1: (laughs) just to prove our point
0: (laughs) um Um, yeah speaking of
1: the oh sorry
0: no go ahead what were you saying
1: oh i was gonna say like speaking of like how stuff aged uh what, what did you think of the the nomination for Best Supporting Actor, Mr. Donald Crisp, for the the dad who <laughs> who aged throughout the movie. That's my segue.
0: Nice, nice, beautiful segue. Uh, I think he was the best part of this movie. Like, I I think he was the best actor in this movie. So like, I fully support it. I, I enjoyed seeing him all the time. I thought that. You know, he was the guy that I would continue. Every time I'd see him, I'd be like, like, I don't know what to expect now. This guy's doing something. And like, (laughs) he he was an anchor that held the movie together, even though technically his son was supposed to be that. I liked him. I thought he was good. What did you think?
1: Uh, Yeah, same. He was definitely the most, like, attention drawing person in the movie, I guess. Uh, like this. I'm not gonna lie. All of the sons were like pretty. Looked the same to me. Um,
0: I I was actually surprised at the end when I found out that the preacher was not one of his sons.
1: Oh what? Oh yeah, the, okay. the
0: preacher is not his son.
1: I, I I thought that was pretty obvious, but um, I, I'm sure
0: it was. But like all of his sons <laughs> looked the same, and most of the cool people was it because
1: didn't he fall in love with the guy's daughter, <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: I mean, I didn't think that the son, I didn't think one of the sons had fallen in love with the guy's daughter, to be clear. Oh, you're just like,
1: confused.
0: I, I just got them confused, because, like, I saw the preacher, and I'm like, ah, he fell in love with that one. I'm forgotten that his daughter was the one that the preacher had fallen in love with, so I thought that was someone else, because there's another person that, like, <laughs> there's another girl that one of his sons falls in love with.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was confused by that, too. I wasn't sure which girl was which for a bit.
0: Yeah, so I got a couple of people confused in this movie.
1: Yeah, which, but I never yeah, got. I, I,
0: oh, you never got I the dad okay, confused, I guess. But I never got the dad confused.
1: <laughs> yeah. or the mom. I thought the mom was good too. Actually, she had a good role, I guess, in terms of she. She actually worked as, to as carry a really her own good. Weight.
0: Yeah, and she worked as a really good foil to the dad. Actually, they they mm-hmm. worked really well together. They had great on screen chemistry, even though, you know. They were never intent they they never had the opportunity nor like the excuse to be romantic on screen and they didn't need to they just were like bickering the whole time and they were great at it
1: yeah it kind of seemed like they hated each other if I'm gonna be honest but um, I don't know but also it's it it's just it, it's it's good to point out that um, it seems like this is you know this was a time where people would you know marry for reasons other than love as was evidently shown by one of the subplots of the movie so Mm -hmm. um so yeah that that might be why they never got that chance i guess but it, it was it was cool to see them their uh their dialogue back and forth they definitely carried a lot of charisma there
0: yeah and i guess i'd like to point out that uh the the person who played Mrs. Beth Morgan, the wife we were just talking about, Sarah Allgood, also got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She did not win it, but, like, she was good. I don't know. I haven't seen The Great Lie, unfortunately, so I can't say if Mary Astor was better. But Sarah Allgood mm. did a great job.
1: Um, yeah, I can agree with that. I wouldn't. So, yeah, and then I, I can't really tell you if anyone else was actually good at their roles.
0: Um, I think top of the my boxer, the, the blind boxer was fun to see. Oh. He was an extremely small supporting role, but like he, he was great in it.
1: Which which one was the blind
0: one? Uh, his name was Di Bando. He was the guy. Well, he was blind by the end. He wasn't blind at the beginning. Oh, like, I see.
1: Okay.
0: I had to keep the shit out of the teacher.
1: Oh, close. yeah, they were a cool. It, it almost felt like a three stooges combo. <laughs> I don't know. it was just such a weird... It was a weird role, but yeah, for the like the two minutes that are like the five minutes I saw them on screen, they really, they really, really brought a lot of life to the movie, especially the the kind of sidekick guy reminded me a lot of Robin Williams by his face Uh, and like some of his actions.
0: That was Barry Fitzgerald as Syfartha, who actually was a boxing manager. I didn't even realize. Hmm. Not in real life, in the movie.
1: Oh, (laughs) never mind. I'm like, damn, he was pretty good for a non-actor um yeah other than that like not really much notable about the acting so
0: yeah it was all very functional uh like i said it was very it was a very theatrical movie and like everyone put in a very theatrical performance there was no bad actors in. This. there were no bad actors in this except maybe a couple of the kids but like did, there was also very little that stood out aside from uh, really those four that we mentioned
1: yeah, and I'd say that also applies to, like, the the directing as well. I was well about to opinion.
0: ask, yeah. Yeah, uh, the directing seemed very functional.
1: Yeah, I. It, there was a lot of, um, like, I guess, again, watching this and Citizen Kane, I feel bad for comparing them so much, but... Um,
0: but I feel like we have to, because the Academy oh, yeah. did, right?
1: That's totally... That's, that is is true. Um... Yeah, Citizen Kane's cinematography still feels like amazing to this day, based on some of the angles and some of the the shot blocking and depth. And there's just so much going on there.
0: I haven't even seen Citizen Kane in a couple of months now, and I still remember some of the shots from that movie. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, like it really I, tried.
0: I've immediately forgotten every shot from How Green Was My Valley. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, yeah. There was. Just, it's fine. There's just nothing interesting. Like nothing stands out as like, oh my God.
1: Yeah. I, I, again, I think this is how a lot of films were kind of blocked. It, it felt similar to like a stage play where everything feels kind of flat. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of there, there wasn't any interesting tricks or like, uh, or experimentation. It just kind of captured what was on screen. Um, which, again, is fair because I, apparently Citizen Kane was massively revolutionary in terms of what it brought to the, the, to the game of or the, t- the area of cinematography, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just the difference is ex- if you watch them back to back, it's extremely obvious that uh, this movie or How Green Was My Valley was made with um, just looking at past techniques instead of trying to push forward and experiment.
0: And let's be clear, the guy who made this, the director, John Ford, he is one of the masters of those old techniques. Like, this was, I don't know which movie this was of his, I'm going to say probably his 20th or something. Like, Mm -hmm. he was, he'd been making movies for ages. And like, he had perfected Mm -hmm. all of these old techniques. This is a, you know, very typical, very expertly done John Ford movie. But like, it is all those old techniques where I think it's very telling. Uh, if you look at this Academy Awards list, where Citizen Kane was nominated in, or like what it was nominated in, because everything that it was nominated in, even though it didn't win, it was actually revolutionary in that area. Where, um, how green was my valley, which won, which beat Citizen Kane in quite a few of the places they were nominated, and the technical aspect too it's it's very very good uh but it's not like doing anything it's very very good with what it does but what it does is like the way things had been being done
1: yeah it, it's it's almost like a, a handing of the or handing or a switching point between you know this this might have like this might have been one of the best or one of the best movies um to, to have used the, I guess, the old way of, of presenting movies, if that makes sense. I would say this is kind of the, or one of the last years between, uh, you know, like, because I, I guess once sound, once sound came into movies. Sound um,
0: came into movies about 14 years before this.
1: Yeah. And then there that was kind of its phase of uh, uh, experimenting with sound and adding to it. And then I'd say Citizen Kane, uh after or citizen can afterwards was like kind of the big mo- moment of oh we like cinematography is actually really important as well and that's when directors started to i guess put a lot more work into that um potentially because i i the the other director i think of who probably made movies around this time like was kurosawa right in the 40s i can't remember uh, when he Kurt- was doing stuff
0: I want to say Kurosawa started just before this, but his heyday was in the 50s and 60s. Let I me mean, yeah. double check. I think his he's first also was 38.
1: And he's also one of the, I, I would say the biggest. Uh,
0: oh, he started um, two years after this, actually.
1: Oh, wow. There you go. But yeah, I, I would also say he was a big influence on the future and pushing uh, for more interesting uh, cinematography for sure. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like the next phase of film before I guess color came in as well in the, I am I think it's the early 60s. Well, yeah.
0: the 1941 Academy Awards already have uh, at least one category that is exclusively based around, that's only color movies can apply for. So color oh, wow. was also, I think color started in, the 20, in 1928, uh, if I remember correctly. When it became mainstream like, though. Um, that's a good question. I'm going to say late 40s, though I don't know for sure.
1: Okay. Um, but yeah, so like for the, again, for the time, this might have been a great movie. Um, and it still is like a really solid movie, but it's just a lot of the things don't hold up. Um, and you know, this is, I guess it's not trying to do anything new and it's not picking up anything that'll like really affect the, the rest of cinema. So, um. Yeah, yeah, early early
0: fifties when color started becoming oh, okay. mainstream.
1: Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Did, did Did you have any? Do you know John Ford much at all? I feel and like, like, his style. I
0: feel like I've seen a lot of John Ford before. I I want to. I need to look through his filmography here because uh, I know I like he's. He did a lot of westerns, but not exclusively by any means. Oh, he started okay. in nineteen. 19- so he was, he's been, he started in 1913 and put out like several movies a year during the silent day. And then once the color really? era came, well, not color era, once the sound era came out, he put out several movies a year still.
1: What the hell?
0: Yeah. He's that's, uh, that's pretty talented. impressive. I have seen at least one John Ford movie, uh, which is How the West Was Won, which is, Without realizing they were the same director, how I kept what I kept comparing this movie to in my head because How the West was One is done very similarly, uh, like very you know, big shots, not necessarily like long shots, but like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of well, in, in How the West was One, they use like a lot of wide shots, and in this movie, they didn't use like a lot of wide shots, but it was there, and like so, so you get a lot in you get you have shots that have a, a lot of room for things, but aren't necessarily full. Like if you think of some of the shots of rooms in this movie, like you see the whole room, but there's like two people sitting at a table. And like the way that it's blocked out is so that you can, so that you focus on those two people at the table and the, re- and like all of the space that's in that room has a meaning like it's why you're, you're seeing that for a reason but also like that's just kind of the style so you get a lot of these like if the, the movie ends up feeling the movie ends up feeling a lot maybe unintentionally pretty empty in a lot of ways
1: hmm. yeah sounds about right not much not much depth but if, if that's I, I think that's what you're saying
0: um, to the shot, something, something like that. Okay,
1: um, but yeah, I, I, like, I, I don't. I guess. No, sorry. Finish your thought.
0: Oh, I was gonna say, like, it. It sort of feels like any. If you look at any individual shot, it feels like there should be more going on there, but there isn't. And the actual, like, actually, there should not be more going on there, but like, it feels like there's. It feels like there's space. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I can agree to that. Uh, but yeah, I, I also want to say like, I don't, again, I didn't hate this movie. I feel like I'm trashing on it unnecessarily. Cause there are some, there's some highlights. Like I think, again, I think the, 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 the tale or kind of loss of innocence is done pretty well in terms of like, y- you know, I, I, I like the contrast of like this, this big uh, capitalist, uh, like the, I guess the mind represents capitalism and it's kind of reigning over everyone, almost like a, like a castle in the old days, right? Kind of reigns mm-hmm. over the the rest of the the kingdom, um, and I I like the there, there's an interesting there's a, there's an interesting scene where because obviously the the Hugh the the main protagonist he gets an education for a bit, um, and it's interesting that he actually decides because instead of being like this like classic, oh, kid gets education and then he moves on from the family. Uh, this The kid decides to uh, stay and work in the mines like his father and his brothers before him, I guess out of some kind of family devotion, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, you know, I, I thought that was a cool way of, of playing it out. Um, I think <laughs> it really frustrated me because I was like, are you serious? You see like you see all the shit your, your brothers have been going through and they give you this opportunity and you're still just going to work in the mines. Um, that was frustrating to watch, but you know, I, it's an understandable sentiment, I guess. Um, like, Oh, oh also, I, I love the, I actually really like the, the plot with the, the, is he a preacher?
0: Uh, are you talking about the guy who leaves at the end? Yeah, I believe so.
1: Okay. Um, he has, I love his, I love his character because I, I really thought it was going to end up like a, the classic, they fall in love and he, it's a forbidden love, but he, uh, he can't resist even though it's his responsibility. And, and then they run away together or something like that. Um, I like how they, they took a more tragic sense on it. And, uh, the, the preacher ended up choosing like his or ended up thinking that his, his career and his duty to her and to the town was more, was, uh, was more important than uh, the life that he could, he could have with her. Um, and that, that felt, that felt like a very, that honestly feels like a, a pretty, um, a theme that, that does, you know, affect all, all generations. And, um, it, it still feels pretty, pretty current in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I don't what did you what did you like about it? Cuz I know you didn't hate it.
0: Yeah, I I don't know, not very much sticks out to me. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Like I, I mean, I I agree. I didn't hate it and like I feel I I also feel like I've been trashing this movie maybe i not more than it deserves, but like I haven't been saying I don't know, I haven't I haven't fully put together my compliment sandwich the way I'm supposed to. Mm. But like there's really not that much that stands out. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Just like, I don't know. This movie was just mostly pretty boring for me.
1: That's fair. I, I did really struggle with the first third. I think the first third was like way too slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, so was most of the movie. So I totally get it. Um But yeah. So then how do you think this movie won?
0: <laughs> Honestly, for... For as risky potentially as the screenplay might be, this is a very safe movie. Like, the directing is classic John Ford. John Ford had literally won for directing the year before. So, like, the Academy clearly likes this style of directing at the time. The cinematography is functional. Like, I don't have anything special to say about it, but it certainly wasn't bad. And, like, the acting is all very good. Or, very like, it's, again there's very little about this movie individually that's like special, but all of it is very good. So like, I can't say I can't, I, I can't compare it to the movies I haven't seen, but the movies I have seen here, like the Maltese Falcon and Citizen Kane are like very ballsy movies for 1941. How green was my Valley? Not so much, but it's still good. I'm like, honestly if i had to guess if i had to guess at how it won i think this is just what people were into like this is just what the academy wanted to see it's it's very it's very functional it's got proven every everything in it is proven to work and like it's good i guess and also i guess like if you think about it the movie watching experience back then was different too so like me and you, we're watching this. We carve out two hours out of our day to watch this and, like, potentially we can watch it and do other things in the background. At the time, you carve out a whole day to see a two-hour movie because you have to go to the cinema. It's a, it's a whole event. Yeah. So, like, maybe you're more into it if you've actually invested the time to go see it, too.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Maybe, like, that's actually a really good point because maybe the it's it's more enjoyable to see a movie with slower pacing because it feels like... If it feels longer, then it feels like your days' more or your money's more worth it, right, and your days more well spent by uh you know committing all this time to watch that movie, like you said,
0: yeah, and I gotta say that like we've both said on this podcast before that like a mark of a good movie for us, uh, at least like a well paced movie is that neither is that we don't look at our watches while we're while we're watching it, and like I believe that would be the sa- that's the same if I go to a theater. But just by being in a theater, when I've been in a theater in the past, I can, I'm already less inclined to look at my watch just because I've spent all the effort to go out there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this movie, <laughs> I will say for me, I check my watch
0: a lot. So uh, <laughs> take that what you will, I guess. So what, what, would, you, what would you give How Green is My Valley? or was my valley i keep saying i
1: will give it a seven solid movie
0: so i'm gonna you know what i'll i'll give it a six i think it's like it's better than average but ultimately like i didn't i didn't love it i didn't hate it i did not dis i didn't dislike this movie but like it's there's not that much special about it it's just a very good movie
1: yeah agreed there uh what do we have next week jeff
0: So next Next week, I wanted to, I wanted to watch, I I wanted to have us watch some, some black and white movies again. We're going to do that next week, but we're going to watch a black and white movie from the two thousands instead of from way back when we're going to watch the, I have forgotten what it's called. I think it's the the artist, Artist. the artist. We're going to watch the artist from 2012, which, uh, I believe 2012 was the first year that I, like, really paid attention to the Oscars. So, it'll be interesting. I probably will have seen most of those movies, actually. Uh,
1: I have no idea I've seen them all. I I remember the artist kind of being a little, not controversial, but I I remember uh, seeing a few complaints online that it won due to its homage to old Hollywood and it's uh, the black and white kind of, I think a lot of people saw it as a gimmick. But,
0: it was. It was a little weird. Well, it was also notable because uh, I believe it was one of the first movies not produced within like the English speaking world to win because it was still in English, but it was a French movie.
1: Oh, well, yeah, these are French actors, right? Or actors and actresses. So, Uh, well, that's that's actually interesting. I I had no idea.
0: So uh, we'll meet you back here for The Artist next week.
1: Yes. Jeff, what's the last word?
0: It's artistry.